This is the Jail Ministry Podcast. The J-A-I-L, or Jesus Acts and Inmates Lives Ministry, is Christ-centered and provides programs focused on the prevention and intervention for the incarcerated. Jail Ministry also provides support to offenders, criminal justice professionals, victims, and their families. Thank you for your continued financial assistance. For more information, visit jailmen.org. Now, here's today's lesson. Welcome to Jail Bible Study. My name's Kevin McCarthy, and I'm excited to have you here today, and I'm hoping that uh, you can open your book and spend a half hour with us as we go into the first murder today. It's going to be kind of like a murder mystery, but we know who the actual culprit is. It's a very sad story, and I want to at least go back just to the last two weeks and kind of bring you from where we were to where we are now. And if you were with us the last couple of weeks, we just, we've studied the fall of Adam and Eve. And that's a very sad story because they were given everything by God. He gave them everything in paradise, everything they could want, eat, cut down, look at, feel, um, everything they wanted, beautiful scenery. And yet they were deceived. They were deceived by Satan and they disobeyed. They disobeyed God's commandment not to eat from the tree of good and evil. And Eve ate first, and she talked to, Kate, talked to Adam, and he also ate. So the disobedience and rebellion of Adam and Eve had, and their resulting fall and separation from God would have eternal consequences for all mankind. And sometimes this is hard to grasp, the enormity of this, but this first sin, the fact that God told them not to eat, yet they disobeyed. And that caused a separation. And since God is infinite, it was an infinite transgression or sin. Sin and transgression are the same, same words, same meaning. But the consequences are so staggering, and I want to share with you and maybe an average day or week in the news, and maybe you see some of these stories, but they grieve me because they're so evil, and I, and I think, how could they happen? Well, they're a result of sin. We talk about some of the terrible gangs that murder people, steal cars, um, murder someone to steal their wallet, carjackings and the resulting murders. We look at all of the dis divorces and the, the beatings, the white beatings, the spousal abuses, and then we look at the wars, the wars that are there today, just like they were 20 years ago in Iraq, 50 years ago in Vietnam, and 80 years ago, World War II. And before that, World War I, millions and millions of people died. And where there isn't an outright death, there's so much evil in the hearts of people that they can't stand people, they have grudges, uh, they're abusive, they have relationships that fall apart and they're angry their whole lives. So all of this is a result of sin. And today we're going to look at an example of probably, I think, most outright example of evil. And that would be in chapter 4, Genesis chapter 4. And that is the murder, Cain murdering Abel. I do want to also just go back for just one moment. I forgot about this one sin and this one evil murder. And I see it, and I can't believe it. So I saved some of these murders on my phone. I store it. But last year, 
in Conroy, Texas, which is down the road, middle-sized town, a 12-year-old somehow got a gun, maybe it was hidden somewhere, he knew where it was, he murdered his 8-year-old brother. Murdered his brother. So it, it mirrors the story we're going to cover today in the Bible, which is Cain murdering his brother Abel. And with that story we're going to look into, it's only 10 or 12 verses, but there's so much in it. And so going back to last week, the fall, to this week, the murder of Cain and Abel, we see how sin is really, it's like gravity. We're here right here, we're bearing God, we're, we're staying above the waters. We're not falling into the water, but with sin, we drop. It's like gravity. One sin occurs as it did in the garden, and it unleashes all kinds of sins, more and more sins. And one sin always has to cover for another sin. So when someone lies about something, about some evil, they have another lie to cover that story. And those lies hurt people. People are harmed by those. And so I ask you today to take a look today in your Bibles in chapter 4, Genesis chapter 4, the story of Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel, and it will tell you how they're born. It will tell us the, the main facts, but then we'll dig a little deeper into this. So I'm going to read a few verses here. Then we'll go back. We'll talk about what they mean in terms of God's perspective, what it means to you in your life. It means to me. Because the verse that really hits me is Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is desperately wicked and deceitful. Who can understand it? Think about that. The heart is desperately wicked and deceitful. Who can understand it? So when there is evil done or a lie done, there's always deceit to cover that. You all probably remember when you were kids, you stole something you weren't supposed to have, and your mom asked about it, and you told a story, well, you're deceiving right there. And usually, you don't come out with a straight story until you're really caught. So your mom's waiting, dad's waiting for a, an apology, and that's sometimes the hardest thing to do. So these sins... The heart is wicked. It's in the heart. And I'll start off with 4, verse 1. Now the man, the man would be Adam, had relations with his wife, Eve. That, that means sexual relations. And she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said, I've gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. So she gives it to the Lord. She says, with the help of the Lord. Verse 2, again, she gave birth to his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the flocks. So he was a shepherd. Okay, he had to tend the, tend the flocks of sheep. But that's a very, very important job because there were wolves out there, coyotes. And he had to protect those, those flocks. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. So we would think about a tiller of the ground as a farmer who took care of the ground. Both very important jobs to have. Their age, we doesn't say how old they are. I'm guessing they're maybe 16, 18 years old. Old enough to go out there, old enough to protect the flock. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the first fruit of the ground. 
So what's happening here, we don't see the background here, but Adam and Eve recognized they were sinners, recognized that they had to obey God, recognized by faith they could come back to God. Even though they were kicked out of the kingdom, they were, after they were kicked out of the Garden of Eden, they still realized that God is all-powerful, and we must offer him a sacrifice from time to time. It didn't say how often, may have been twice a year, once a year, but the sacrifice was really about giving glory to God, giving him your best and honoring him. And we will know, we found out a little bit last week, but the, the verse that says um, about blood, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. So this first animal sacrifice to God was a blood sacrifice. I had to kill the lamb, kill the goat, offer it to God, and then probably put it on a fire. And it was a sim- symbol of giving obedience to God, giving your best, and begging him for forgiveness. Sacrifice. It was a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice. Now, it says in verse 4, Abel on his heart also brought the firstlings of his... Wait, I'm sorry. Verse 5. But for Cain and for his offerings, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry, and his attitude or countenance fell. He became very angry. What's going on here? Okay. Cain had a bad attitude, a really bad attitude. He had no regard for God. He just kind of went through the motions. He just kind of said, here it is. I'll bring in a basket full of my grain, dump it there, and didn't feel any remorse, didn't feel any respect and honor. I think the word is really honor, to honor God, to be grateful that God gave him all the grains, gave him the soil, so he should be worshiping him. Now, he people ask and say, well, he didn't give an animal blood sacrifice. I don't know if that had to be done, but he, the big thing was, and, and the Bible says it, he had no regard. So for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. He became angry, and his attitude fell. He became angry. So I think what's going on here, we're going to throw a couple more commandments in here. The first commandment is, honor the Lord with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and obey the Lord. So that's the first commandment, which he didn't have any honor, didn't obey him, didn't have any respect for him, wasn't grateful for all that the Creator had given him. He just dumped it out there. That's the first one. Now, I think, here's what's going on here. I read some commentary on this. But I think he's also angry and resentful of Abel. Okay? He sees Abel giving his best and worshiping the Lord. And the Bible says, if we're not in, in Christ, then we're in the enemy. We're in Satan. So, Cain is resentful. He's kind of mocking his brother. Oh, you gave that that lamb and everything? I'm just going to throw this out. So we see right there, he already has resentment towards his brother. Uh, Tenth tenth commandment, he covets a little bit. He wishes he could do that, but he doesn't do that. He doesn't give his best. So Cain is really going down the wrong street. And Cain, if we look at the Bible here, got a verse here that's very, very descriptive of that. And that's Ephesians 2, 3. Go to Ephesians 2, 3. Because that verse really, really kind of says what's going on. And even though this verse 
was written by Paul um, 2,000, not 2,000, about, uh, about 4,000 years later. He's going to say this. He's going to write this verse, give it to him from God. And it says, Ephesians 2, 3, Among them, we also lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest, children of wrath. So, Paul also picks up, which is the same in uh, chapter 3 of, of Genesis. Genesis says, the three, the three temptations were the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. So the eyes are tempted. We'll see how temptation, what happens with temptation of the eyes. Lust of the flesh, that could be wanting sex, wanting food, wanting alcohol, drugs, just wanting materialistic things too. And the pride of life. So we're seeing right now, Cain is already, he doesn't have, he doesn't have the respect for God. He's really become his own God. Okay? So let me go back to the rest of Cain and Abel. So Cain was angry and his attitude fell. Bad attitude. Kind of reminds me of did you ever get in trouble with your folks and they wanted you to apologize and to do something like go out there and scrub scrub the car go out and scrub the, the, the deck or whatever and you have to do some chores and I remember what happened when I had a bad attitude I just kind of went out there and I said oh okay I'll do it it's kind of what Cain's when I'll just kind of go through go through with it I'll give the sacrifice some of us sometimes we just kind of go through it like well, I'll just do it but we don't have the right intent so God's talking about the right intent and that right intent we'll see later in the lesson the right intent is how God wants us to honor Him with our best, not our second, not our third. We'll talk about that. Okay? Verse 6, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your attitude and countenance fallen? Why is it fallen? See, God knows His heart. So, He's giving Him a chance. He's giving Him a chance to repent repent of that not honoring God properly and angry at his brother he's giving him a chance but Cain's hard headed he's not going that way he's got a heart of stone he's got an evil heart okay verse 7 if you do well will not your countenance be lifted up so if you do well will not your attitude be lifted up and if you do not do well Sin is crouching at the door, and its desire is for you, but you must master it. Guys and gals, a lot of us wouldn't be in this situation right now. You wouldn't be in jail. You wouldn't be in prison. If you learned, and if you were able to have self-control, to rule over your thoughts, to rule over your passions, and that's what God's talking about. He says, if you do well, will you not... Sin is crouching your door. You must master it. One of the hardest things to do with maturity is to learn to control your passions, control your emotions, control your anger. If any of you are, are married, and if you have a successful marriage when you're out or whatever, I know this verse to me speaks to 
controlling, controlling any anger or dis- disagreement you have. That's life. There's always people coming different angles at us, taking things back to a store, getting things returned, fixing things with someone else, fixing things with a neighbor, something breaks at the neighbors. But most of all, your, your spouse and your children. When you have a harsh word, when you don't have self-control, when you lose your self-control, you may do things you really, really regret. And I'm going to add to this right now. This is not happening back then. But I'm going to say, those of you that were abusing drugs, those of you who were abusing alcohol, or maybe both, I know the statistics. The statistics are you have a 75% greater chance of losing control, losing the ability to maintain yourself, and getting into perhaps a violent situation, a domestic situation, a domestic violence against your spouse, children, neighbor, whoever, a stranger, losing it. And you'll find, the, maybe the wiser you get as a Christian, you'll find that that's one thing God gives you through the Holy Spirit is a sense of self-control. So he's talking about, right here, God's talking about not only self-control, but he's also talking about repenting to your brother, and you get a second chance. A second chance to go back and to honor God. Cain's not going that way. Cain's angry. Okay? He's angry. He's even angry with God. So, as he said before, Satan, his desire is for you. Yeah, there is Satan. Satan's out there. You know what? He wants to break up relationships. He's the father of lies. He wants to take you down. He wants to take people you're with down. And he wants to bring God down. He doesn't want you honoring, obeying God of the Ten Commandments. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want you to love. He wants you to hate. So, he'll pull you the wrong way. Believe me, it's not hard to go down that path to have a grudge to lose self-control and you'll learn hopefully learn in jail working with all kinds of people being with people you need to have self-control self-control with the guards self-control with the nurses that come in you start losing it lose your self-control people aren't going to be want to be around you you may not get early release with a bad attitude so Keep in mind, this is Satan working. And we know the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So all through here is the Bible, is the gospel. It's the theme. It's Satan trying to take God down. God's victorious. So verse 8 Cain told Abel, his brother, okay, it came about when they were in the field. So he probably, probably had this set up. He went out to the field, didn't think anyone would see it. Okay, he set him up. He said, then Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. He's an older brother. He killed him. We don't know how he killed him. Could have clubbed him to death. Could have taken a rock. Rock would have been easy. Had him turn around and... But he killed him. Killed his own brother. Over resentment. Over anger. Fueled by Satan. And 
it's a tragedy. It's such a tragic, tragic death, just like we see today. Kids murdering their parents, kids murdering siblings, school shootings. How, how, how sad. It's, it's absolutely the most evil thing. Gone for life. It's going to affect everyone. It affects everyone in this first family. So then, in verse 9, then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? Where is he? <laughs> and Cain said, I mean, he's a real, real, he's a real, he's a wise guy. He's a liar. He's a wise guy. He's disrespectful. God knows his heart. He knows what's going on. He saw the murder. Just like he saw Adam and Eve in the garden after they ate and they tried to hide. Well, the sin in just less than a generation, we're talking just 20 years later, perhaps, there's murder in the family. So he says, the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? So there it is, just an insult. Insult to God. I don't know where he is, you know? He said, God said, what have you done? Verse 10. What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. The voice of your brother's blood. Oh, how tragic. Can you, can you imagine? Parents, how they found out Adam may have gone out to the fields when Abel didn't show up. Found him out in the field, bludgeoned to death. Maybe stabbed him to death. Just awful. But there's hope, okay? Within this, there's hope. We'll get to a couple, a couple of things that are very important. We want to see that it's not over yet. And so I go to this verse right now. It's five verses, but it's going to describe everything that happened 4,000 years later. The Apostle John is going to write in 1 John chapter 3. So I'll take a moment. 1 John chapter 3. This is like, this is the beauty of the Bible because it always supports itself. It's always honoring God. It always tells the same story about, about good and evil. So if we go to 1 John 3, 8 through 15... I found this today, and I thought, this this says it all. You can go back and look at this several times. Put it in your heart. I'll read it once, and I'll read it a second time. First John, okay, First John, chapter 3, verse 8 through 15. The one who practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy, destroy the works of the devil. No one who is born of God practices sin, because his seed abides in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. Verse 10, by this the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God nor the one who does not love his brother. Now, let me give you a little help with this word practices 
sin. So if someone's born of God, sure, they may sin. But the saying that I always heard was, I don't dive into my sin and chase my sin and keep repeating that sin, going after that sin. Because the Holy Spirit, which is in my heart, God in my heart, brings a knowledge of the sin. Brings a knowledge that I shouldn't be going that way. I shouldn't be doing that. So I turn away. I repent. I repent. Repent means to turn away and ask for forgiveness. So I turn away. I may sin, but I don't practice that day in, day out. Someone that is not in God, yeah, they're going to practice sin. They're going to practice, I hate to say it, it could be pornography day in, day out. It could be lust, pornography and lust after women, drinking, sin, whatever. And you keep doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. And if you're not in Christ, it's a dark world out there. So, verse 10 says, by this the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. We can see someone who is of Christ and who is of the devil. Okay? In fact, Jesus even says, we shall know them by their fruit. Do fig trees bear thorns? No, they bear, fig trees bear figs, and thistle trees bear thorns. So, we, we will know them. We can see them. And sometimes they'll say, well, I'm not sure. I don't know if that person talks about being a Christian, but he doesn't really act that way. So his actions, you've heard the saying, actions are louder than words. Well, that's true. Okay? Anyone who does, does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. So that's a high standard, to love his brother. Okay? Verse 11, for this is the message which you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. That's the first thing that Jesus said, remember? Love the Lord and love your neighbor as yourself. Okay? Verse, um, verse 12 goes, not as Cain. Cain comes back in the story 4,000 years ago. Not as Cain, who was of the evil one and slew or murdered his brother. And for what reason did he slay him? Because his deeds were evil. And his brothers were righteous. Yeah, we talked about that. His deeds were evil. He didn't like goody, goody, Abel. Abel did the right thing, the right sacrifice. Probably a pretty good son to his parents. Cain always was kind of on the other side, looking for, looking for a way to kind of worry about some kind of anger there. So, do not be surprised, brethren, if the world hates you. If you're Christian, the world may hate you. We know that we've passed out of death into life because we love our fellow man. Okay? He who does not love abides in death. It's hard to be around people that don't love God and don't love their neighbor. They're kind of like a dark, dark cloud. Okay? And the last verse that kind of finishes off this wonderful passage. Verse 15, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Huh, pretty important there. It's a, it's a statement here. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. Yeah, he's a murderer. 
because Jesus says murder starts in the heart okay and you know that no murderer has eternal life they don't have the Holy Spirit within them so let's talk about a few of the points a few lessons from these ten verses of Cain and Abel and talk about it for a moment here number one I, I, I ask you wherever you are right now are we careful of what we look at what we listen to or what we think about you see the world it doesn't love God it doesn't love its brothers and if we look at the awful awful things on cable TV there's some good shows there's some great nature shows backcountry shows wonderful things you can learn but it seems like that's about 5% of what's out there okay and there's temptations we'll watch a great history show and it's a made for TV and all of a sudden it slides into the 10th part is a bedroom bedroom scene we turn it off so what are you thinking about what are your thoughts what are you around I know I like country music but I would say 30% of the music is drinking music drinking whiskey bar bar music I turn the music off I, I don't drink at all but I don't need hearing that stuff so what are you listening to what are you surrounding yourself with number one number two I asked this this before do you have self-control are you in control of your feelings your emotions your angers that come up you guys are in close quarters sometimes you may be really pissed off at someone someone did something to slight you kind of kind of make you look bad or whatever you know the really strong man is one that can walk away walk away lastly do we put God first God first that's a hard thing you can't do that every single day but do we put God first what we're going to do with respect to when we get out we're going to read our Bible we'll go to church and we're going to put fellowship as our most important things so folks thanks for listening in to Cain and Abel I look forward to seeing you next week God bless